You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. What is happening? It's on the You're listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Jason Dowd. I am your host, and for the next hour, we're going to be talking about everything art, music, and entertainment, all packaged in a little itty-bitty little show. So thank you guys for joining with us. Uh, you know, I know there's a lot of other things you could be doing this weekend, but you're chilling out with me, and I'm going to make sure it's as fun as it can be. We have two great guests coming up this week. We have our first guest, which is going to be Lachi, and she is a hip-hop R&B singer, and she is she is actually very inspirational. She's got a great voice to her. We're going to be talking to her about her music and her music career and everything else that she's going on, because actually she's an author and so much more. We also have Julie Spira. Now, this is just in time for um, the... Valentine's Day, because we're going to be talking to her about dating, dating uh, websites, and a lot of other things that are going on out there, because there's so many things that you can do, so many places that you can go, and, you know, different different fees, everything else. So we're going we're gonna to sort that all out for you, and she's got all the information. She's been on top uh, media outlets all the way across the world talking about dating. So I guess let's start off with this week. Man, it has been a crazy, crazy week. You know, have you ever heard of the Midas, the Midas Touch? It's a story that I've heard for a long time, and basically what it is is a guy named Midas. He can go around and touch anything, turns to gold. Well, I got the Rumpus Touch this week. Everything I touch turns to, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so we have had meltdowns of uh, of our equipment. We have had scheduling issues. We have had. Uh, health issues, everything that could have gone wrong this last couple of weeks has, have, has gone wrong. And I got to admit, I am physically exhausted, so I really am glad to be able to talk about something positive, something fun in life. Now, as we all saw last week, the Super Bowl has ended. Um, let me kind of give you a little overview of what happened. Lady Gaga actually was about was supposed to be performing one of the most political-influenced shows at uh, any type of sporting event out there. And she said that before the event, she actually heard people say that they don't care about her her opinion on anything. They really don't. And honestly, I don't really care about anybody's opinion on, on politics. This is not a this is not a stage to do that. You're, people are here to watch sports. They're here to be entertained. Get away from the politics. we got to step away from it a little bit because we're engulfed in it. So she heard that message, and she came out and did something not necessarily political, but more patriotic. It was an amazing show. She had great aerobatics. She dove off the the roof of the stadium, which was really cool. Pyrotechnics. She had all kinds of drones. Really, really cool event. She did a great job, and I, I applaud her for it. You know, the, people love her and hate her, but she has got one of the most amazing voices out there. She's true to herself, and that's something that we all should take back as a uh, not only a fan of hers, but a uh, as artists ourselves. And that's what's cool. She's really true to herself. Now, as far as the commercials, the commercials were extremely political. They completely wiped Trump out of everything because nobody wanted to hear Trump's name, but they influenced it with a liberal agenda and what's going on right now. And I actually kind of found that to be a little disturbing. I was not happy with this with the commercials at all. And over the last couple of years, the commercials have been really, really, really bad. It used to be you watched the Super Bowl for the commercials because the game was a complete blowout. Always a blowout. Never really a close game. Once in a blue moon. But now it seems like we're watching it for the football game because we're sick and tired of the commercials. And this, this year, really, there wasn't a funny commercial out there. I, I didn't really find anything that was that wonderful that I could say I would write home and say this is the commercial I want to have for my product but I got to admit the game was great now anytime the Patriots are in the Super Bowl it is always a nail biter it always comes down to usually the last play it doesn't matter how good the Patriots are playing that year they come down to the last play and they make it good now when I saw this game at first I was like oh my god the Patriots are being blown out going into the last eight minutes of the third quarter the Patriots were losing 28-3. to 
I mean, it was it was literally a a a, a, a shellacking for lack of a better word. Um, the Patriots choked all the way across the board. They couldn't do anything offensively. They couldn't do anything defensively, and they couldn't do anything on special teams. And after scoring a touchdown, Stephen Gostowski, Gostowski for the Patriots misses the the extra point, which really put them in a bind. Then he comes out there and they try to do a onside kick, and he messes that up too. I mean, I haven't seen Gostowski that bad in a long time. However. That sparked everybody. Have you, have you ever seen uh, Tombstone where uh, Wyatt Earp? It's the one with um, it's the one with Doc Holliday. Uh, not Doc Holliday. Uh, I can't remember. Um, Kurt Russell. That's it. Um, remember when he comes out of the water and he's looking at at um, at the other at the all the cowboys and he's like, no, 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 and he shoots everybody dead. Well, that's kind of what happened. Uh, Whatever whatever happened sparked some stuff in Tom Brady. He came out and had probably one of the most flawless second periods of his of his lifetime. From eight minutes into the last quarter, he put up an unprecedented thirty one points. And on top of it, they they beat the Atlanta Falcons to win his fifth Super Bowl, first overtime Super Bowl in history, and a lot of amazing records all the way across the board. It was epic. Absolutely epic. So um, I'm a Patriots fan. I'm very happy that my team won. Uh, I had some doubts. I got to admit, I really, but I never counted them out. I never count out the Patriots, but I did have doubts that it was possible, especially going into the lower half of the third quarter without really any score other than six points, uh, other than nine points because of that missed field goal. But I got to admit, both teams were amazing. The defense kicked in for the for the second half. Atlanta's uh, offense was great in the first half. Atlanta's uh, New England's defense and offense clicked together. And um, they say it's a choke. And I've been seeing so many things about, you know, oh, the, the, the Patriots didn't win that. The, the, the Atlanta Falcons just choked. Yes, they did choke. But when do you ever win a game and not choke? When do you ever lose a game and not choke? You have to do something wrong. The idea of choking is doing something wrong or being over over bullied. Well, Technically, the Patriots choked in the first half, but nobody considers that because it's the Patriots. And then the Falcons choked in the second half, so they're trying to make it an illegitimate win for the Patriots, which is kind of crap. I also saw a lot of you know crazy staged memes out there trying to prove that they were cheating again. You know, like in the in the beginning of the um, uh, overtime, there's 12 minutes left. Uh, there's a little picture that says, "What's up with this? They, what did they?" Uh, call that the Patriots were going to win. They were going to force it because it said uh, the Patriots win the Super Bowl with a touchdown. Well, obviously, that's exactly how they won it in 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 the overtime. On the first drive of overtime, they won it with a touchdown. But if you look at the picture, the Patriots were, were at the Falcons' 20-yard line, and they won it within about f- another minute and a half after that. The announcers just got done saying, "Hey, um, if the if the Patriots get a touchdown here, the Super Bowl is over." However, the Atlanta Falcons must stop them or hold them to a three point conversion in order to try to get the ball back and hopefully score on it. So that was one of the things that came out there. I'm like, you know, that's completely wrong, mistiming. You don't see everything. And then, uh, of course, on the um, ensuing uh, touchdown drive that that won the Super Bowl for them, his knee was down. But they didn't see. They're not showing the picture of beforehand where he was at, where where uh, White actually pushed over the the line and then was pushed back where his knee hit the ground and then he fell into the end zone. So a lot of crap going on. I mean, just everybody's got to be so negative, 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 hate, 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 um, because they won another Super Bowl and they wanted to make sure that it looked like they were cheating throughout the entire game, which it clearly wasn't. But Edelman, we the Patriots finally got their. Uh, immaculate reception. Uh, you saw it happen against New uh, against New England twice against the Giants, and then the one that almost won the game for them uh, for the Seattle Seahawks with Kearse's cu- uh, catch at the five yard line. But this time, Brady throws it. It gets tipped. It goes straight up in the air. Edelman comes back, fights off two receivers. The ball is knocked in the air, lands on the receiver's leg. He pulls it up. He's getting pushed down. The ball's like an inch away from the from the ground, and he grabs onto it to hold for the catch. And that really is what helped the Patriots win this thing. A couple other things that helped the Patriots win was uh, Dante Hightower doing a sack, a strip sack of um, 
the Atlanta Falcons, which took them out of field goal range there. And then they also pushed him back and sacked him again, keeping him out of field goal range. And if they had kicked the field goal, it's good. It's a good possibility that, that, that it would have been a different ending. So amazing job by both teams. Congratulations to both teams. You did phenomenal jobs. I cannot wait to see what both of you are going to do in your respective conferences next year. And uh, I know there will be a rematch. Uh, the Falcons will be playing the Patriots next year sometime. Uh, so they will probably be the Falcons going to New England. And we'll see what happens there. So that could be really interesting. All right, guys, we are going to go to quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Lachi and hearing her music. So don't go anywhere. The AMFM 24-7 Roku channel broadcasts all of our shows on demand. To ensure reliability, we store and stream our content on the same servers as Netflix and Amazon. Our Roku channel is free to use, and anyone owning one of the more than 10 million Roku devices can watch our channel at no cost whatsoever. If you have a television show or are thinking about producing a show, you can be a part of AMFM 24-7's Roku channel. Watch our great shows on your Roku device. It's free and more reliable than cable TV. Are you stuck with a timeshare? Did you attend the presentation and were seduced and enticed into buying that great vacation and investment? Now you're in the terrible position of trying to figure out a way to get out of that mess. You're not alone. For over 15 years, BuyYourTimeshare.com has been helping people like yourself get out of timeshare ownership. The fact is there is no resale market. Unscrupulous telemarketers call you and say they have buyers waiting, and the next thing that happens is you give them hundreds of dollars for an ad, and you'll never hear from them again. Another fact is that an identical timeshare to yours is being offered on eBay for a dollar, and no one is buying it. If you want out of your timeshare, I urge you to go to buyyourtimeshare.com or call them at 877-94-HELP-ME. That number again is 877-94-HELP-ME. Buyyourtimeshare.com. That's buyyourtimeshare.com. 877-94-HELP-ME. 877-94-HELP-ME. A teacher holds the power to make a huge difference in the lives of students. D.D. Ritman's new book, Student Teaching, The Inside Scoop from a Master Teacher, will help both new teachers and veteran teachers to be the best teachers they can be, impacting students' lives one day at a time. Available at ddritman.com or amazon.com. Again, that's ddritman.com, D-E-D-E-R-I-T-T-M-A-N.com. Andrea Tanteros here from the Fox News Channel. I've got a new book out, Tied Up in Knots, How Getting What We Wanted Made Women Miserable, also known as the modern-day Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Go ahead and pick it up at your local bookstore now. It's already a bestseller, or you can get it off Amazon.com or HarperCollins.com. This is Vic DiBetetto. You are listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I have a very special guest on the line with me. She has just released her new album, The Selfish Release, and it came out in January 2017. Uh, she's done some uh, major deals with a pop and EDM publisher, and she's working on her second novel. She's got a lot to do with her with her life and her purpose, and she's just making waves. Her name is Lachi. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me. So do you have time to breathe? Because it sounds like you've got a lot going. <laughs> you know, sometimes I ask myself that. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm i still trying to figure out. i got to schedule it in. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. I, I, I don't know how I breathe either because it's like there's not enough time in the day to get everything done, yet there's so much stuff you want to accomplish and, and strive for. So Exactly. Uh, wow. It's exactly. Just... Yeah. I mean, you get to you get to the evening time, and you go like, "How is it already seven p.m.? Like, I just got here." <laughs> That's what I'm saying right now. It's five. It's five o'clock. It's like, what the heck happened? Exactly. So uh, you've but done. Yeah. You've been able to do a lot with your life, and this is really cool because there's. I love when people are so passionate about what they do and are able to actually accomplish what they are passionate about. A lot of people just give up, um, but you didn't do that. Right. So you've actually become a uh, a recording artist what made you decide yeah. to get into music how old were you did, did you play instruments beforehand or, or how did it work out it's weird like my i i didn't don't have a particularly musical family but 
I did have an older sister who was into dance, so they were trying to force her to become a musician, and she wasn't really feeling it. So I would pick up her instruments, you know, when I was very young, and and I'd play her little piano or her little things that she would discard, I would play. And eventually they realized that I was into music. Now, I kind of did it as a hobby on the side and studied, you know, math and economics and whatnot and thought I was going to become an accountant. So I thought I was going to be sort of like a pencil pusher behind a desk with numbers all day. Um, But while I was in college was when, you know, I was playing sort of at bars and at, you know, this drunken fraternity gatherings. And eventually I just really got the high of performing in front of people. And it was funny because a lot of people really enjoyed me playing covers or piano man or whatever, but they really liked my original stuff. And that really encouraged me to write more and eventually just start pursuing. So uh, what was the inspiration to start writing? Because I know writing songs can be pretty intimidating. And some of the people I've, I've talked to about it, they say it can be either a spiritual type of experience. It can be a passionate experience, but sometimes it's not easy and it, it takes a little bit of time to, to hone that 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 skill how is it for you does it just kind of flow um, where does it come from um it sort of comes from different areas and aspects and it also depends on what I'm writing for and why I'm writing so I guess when it started out I was writing very passionately based 100% on my experiences and based on just musings and things that would come fluttering into my mind while I'm in the shower or on the subway, um, or if somebody, you know, bumped into me the wrong way, or I liked this woman's hat, who knows, a song would just come to my mind. Um, and it was it was a lot more flowy and organic. These days, I write so much, and I write for a living, that it has just become sort of second nature. Um, formula. Now, I don't want to say, it's not formulaic, it's more like, um, it's just the back of my, the back of my hand so much, not, not so much, uh, based on the whims of a woman's hat. Um, so it's no longer as intimidating and, and, um, out there as it used to be, but it always will always have the aspects of spirituality. I, I look at singing and songwriting as kind of my form of prayer in a way, because it's just a way for me to feel a little closer to uh, the universe and a little closer to God. It's like my, my born, something that I, that's innate within me and makes me feel like I'm a little more than just a human being, that there's something more out there. So whether I'm writing for a project or whether I'm writing for myself, it's always spiritual. Now, I've seen uh, over here on something I got in the email about you that you actually had your stuff air on television and indie films. That's really cool. Yeah. What were some of the songs, and what were they included um, in? Yeah. Well, one of my biggest um, one of my biggest placements was a song called Boss, which I put out a year ago, or, well, a little over a year ago. And it was aired on Bad Girls Club, which is, a show on oxygen and it's one of those reality shows where a bunch of women in their you know early in their like you know mid-20s and early 30s or whatnot a bunch of single women live in a house and tear each other's hair out and cuss at each other and, and throw things and so you know I was so excited when I found out that my song was going to air that I sat there and I I watched like the entire season just so I could get into the show and I'm sitting here thinking, like, wow, this is this is really rough TV right here. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting here telling my mom and my friends to watch this show. And it's so funny because the song finally plays. And in ep- so I'm, I start to fall in love with this one woman during this show because she's just the meanest person in the show. And she's, like, she's... Uh, she's puppeteering everybody. She's saying, oh, I'm so nice. I love everyone here. And then she's turning around and then getting people to scratch each other's eyes out but not being involved. So I'm like, wow, she is absolutely a train wreck waiting to happen. I can't wait. So finally, she I think she bites someone. She just kind of loses it and bites someone. And then they say, okay, you're going to have to get kicked off the show. <laughs> and then she goes, 
And then she, she has her whole swan song of, you know why? I don't need nobody in this show. I don't care. And while she's going on her rant, that's when my song plays. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Are you serious? So, um, but that was a really fun placement. And, um, and another cool experience about being placed was, um, a lot of times you're kind of told where you're going to be placed, mm-hmm. but there was one time where one of my songs got placed on a, um, I don't know if you know Russell Simmons. He used to have a show called Running Russell Simmons that yeah. aired for like, yeah, he had a show that aired for like a season and then people, you know, it only had one season, but we were watching the show one day and then one of my songs aired. I was just like, wow. what? Um, they were interviewing Courtney Cox, random, not Courtney Cox, Courtney Love. I wish it were Courtney Cox instead of Courtney Love, but they were interviewing <laughs> Courtney Love. <laughs> and um, she, my song started playing in the background and I'm, Kind of thinking to myself, every time there's a crazy lady on TV, my song plays. Like, what, is, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> well, she's only the one but, that everybody uh, suspects that killed her husband, right? You know, so. Well, yeah, but, you know, I mean, he did marry her. So That's right. So that was already the death. That was, <laughs> that was the death. <laughs> so, but yeah, it is, it's a, it is a great experience to hear your music on on film oh absolutely that's got to be such it's so cool and just to you know when you're watching television it's something that everybody watches it's it's a little bit different when it's in film because not everybody gets to go to that film and sometimes it gets it gets taken out of the theater but television yep. is something you can hear all the time every time you sit down you yeah. can turn it on so it's 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 more realistic for me than it is uh films but still films have got to be just as right. incredible yeah it is because it's a lot more like if your song, like I've been in a few uh, documentaries and I don't know, they're just kind of, it, it just feels a little more, I, I don't know what the word is. You just feel, it feels a little more established. It's like, it's like an, another tear up. And it's like everybody loves to watch TV uh, and then film just feels a little more exclusive. So you feel a little like a little proud to have um, yourself, your music in a film. But I will say that the royalties for TV are a lot look a lot better because you know syndication um things air just over and over and over again and um so i am always really excited to get stuff placed on tv if that if that television show happens to hit the uh, dvd are you gonna get the, are you gonna buy the season of it just to have it i <laughs> <laughs> i should i should but it's just like it's one and the funny thing is as i was watching it on cable or whatever so a lot of the cuss words were beeped out but it was like the entire episode was just a bunch of beeps <laughs> so i don't even know what they were talking about so i'm <laughs> sure if i get the dvd i'll just all i'll do is plug my ears until my song plays and then <laughs> listen to the song and then plug my ears again so. well at least you don't have virgin ears right because that would really be a problem that would be a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom does though. My mom is like a super hardcore Catholic, so I don't know how she's gonna. Ooh. I don't know how she's gonna make it, and I'm not gonna tell her where it is. I'm gonna make her watch. <laughs> <laughs> That's brutal. That's so funny. <laughs> That's what you get, mom. <laughs> you made me this way. No. <laughs> so why uh, you just released this new album called The Selfish Release? Why did you call it The Selfish Release? And tell us a little bit about this new album that you have out. So I, um, so I am, you know, I'm a singer, a songwriter, uh, a composer, and I also produce vocally, like I'll produce my vocals. And I've always been a composer uh, with live instruments, guitar, things like that. So I really wanted to try my hand out at creating my own beats and creating my own tracks and just kind of doing it all myself. So from track creation to vocals to writing the songs to composing um so it was a really uh it was a self dash ish (laughs) album because it was all pretty much done myself uh and another reason i named it that is because i the theme of the song is really self-empowerment so a lot of people uh will look at you and, and see that you're trying to accomplish things or see that you're trying to do things a certain way and they may look at it as self-absorbed or you know you know cock cock cocky i think is the word right yeah cocky um but it turns out that you may just be 
just really hustling and, and what they are seeing as selfish is more self-empowerment. So I tackle that issue throughout the songs on the EP. And uh, that's another reason why I call it selfish, mainly because I really wrote it uh, and, and created it all myself, which is a new thing for me. I usually have uh, tons of people involved in the creation of things, uh, but I did do this all myself. And then I tackle um, the conversation of self-empowerment, just the, the hazy line between self-empowerment and selfishness. Well, when I was going ahead and looking through your stuff, um, one of the things that stuck that struck me really hard, and it makes to me, I think it makes people even more amazing, is that you actually have a disability, and I know what you're going through because I do. Oh, yeah. I have it the same thing. Um, I have, uh, I actually have MS, and I'm a photographer. So, oh, wow. to, so to sit there and stand like a statue, wanting to die. Is really hard to do, right? So you right. actually are legally blind now. Were you yes. were you blind from birth, or did that kind of happen from a from a degenerative type of thing? Um, I was actually blind from birth, so it's kind of um, it was congenital. I guess is that the word congenital? Sometimes I yeah. say congenial, and people go, "Wow, so your blindness was nice to people." That's pretty <laughs> weird. Um, but it's <laughs> like okay. Um, but yeah, it's congenital, um, and it's inc it, you know incorrectable by glasses and and things like that. So I've always had to sort of just deal with that. Um, one of the ways that I overcame it was moving to New York. Um, a combination of overcoming the inability to really pursue music, um, and then the inability to really get around, were both solved in New York City because it's just so easy to get around up here, mm -hmm. and and then there's just music everywhere up here. Um, it's interesting because it hasn't really 100% stifled me very much. Um, I did, I do have a lot of visually impaired friends who just say like, oh, you know, there's, uh, what am I, what can I do? I can't really do this. I can't really do that. But I believe that if you focus on what you can do, you don't even like even notice what you can't do. I agree so, with that a hundred percent. Right, right? Um, because at the end of the day, everybody has something that they think is the worst thing in the world. Mm -hmm. um, so, and you know, every, and everybody just kind of has to keep living regardless of that thing. But if you see, if you let it to be a wall and you let it keep you from getting to what you want to do, you defeated yourself. And I truly believe that there are disabilities out there that are, you know, traumatic. I saw this one girl, she was like 17 or something like that, and her muscles actually turned to stone. But she created herself oh, wow. a online store and actually made okay. a very good living just working off the internet, and she never let it keep her down. Those are inspirational right. stories that I want people on this show to hear because I want people to show, to see that if you are passionate about it enough about anything that you want in life, you can accomplish it. And you can't let yourself be your own worst enemy. And that's what people tend to do. Yeah, I also feel that um, there's there should be something said about just the the out of boxedness of being different. Um, it makes you think differently, and it makes you become a lot more innovative if you really think about it. Um, because, like, <laughs> somebody told me this story. I think it was my biology teacher uh, back when I was in like ninth grade. Something about uh, there, like, if there are a bunch of red butterflies. Uh, the predator will continue to, you know, eat all these different red butterflies, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then, but if there's a blue butterfly, that blue butterfly will not be eaten because the predator thinks that it's supposed to only eat red butterflies. Um, and then eventually, all butterflies will become blue because this blue butterfly, you know, thrived regardless of the fact that it was completely different. So, I mean, just looking at something as basic as that just kind of showcases that when you're kind of different, and you're kind of going against the grain, and you're not like everybody else, no matter what it is, even if it, even if you're, it could be, oh, you're super beautiful, or you're super smart, but it can also be that, hey, you look at things a little differently because you're visually impaired. You look at things a little differently because you have MS, or whatever. Because you're able to think differently, it allows you to innovate. Mm -hmm. um, and I really think that there's something to be said about that. 
And I've always said to myself, I'm never going to let my my disability take me out. Uh, eventually, it will. Unfortunately, you know, just it's just the way it is. But I'm never going to let it keep me from doing what I want to do. And I'm going to try to make as much positive things in my life and for people around me until that day comes. And um, right, that's the way I think that this whole if this whole world just took a focus like that, could you imagine what this right. world could do? Right. Exactly. We would be so far advanced. Uh, we would definitely, we would actually make America great again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, things would just be, things, things would be a lot more innovative. And, you know, yeah. there'd be a lot more out of the boxiness. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am definitely one of those people that are outside the box. I mean, it's just the things that go through my head and the things I want to do. And, and I know that there's always that, that roadblock ahead of me. And I gotta, I gotta figure out a way of uh, tackling that. So that way I can get around right. and get to my eventual goal. Cause there isn't any goal in this life that doesn't have a roadblock or two in, in front of it. And it's just a matter of how you approach it. And sometimes people right. are, are, they want to just go gung ho and it's got to be easy. It's got to be handed to them, but then they don't appreciate it as much if they happen to get to that next step. And then if they have to go a little bit further, then's when they have the problem. So I always like to, to just sit down, analyze what I got to do come up with the steps and just do it. And that's, that's a very inspirational thing that I've learned from well, a lot of people. See, you know what I, you know what I noticed about, it's funny that you say that, that people kind of just want it, but they don't want to have to work for it. Yeah. I think that part of the, part of the problem is that the people that do work for it, you know, they work hard and they come out and you see them and you see them all successful and you see their accomplishments but you don't really see the hard work they do. You know what I mean? They're, right. they're working hard in the background. They're not bragging about working hard, but they do, they're happy to show their accomplishments. So the others are like, well, I want those accomplishments. Right. <laughs> and it's like, but they don't realize the amount of work that goes into it in the background. And, um, I, I think that once you, if you love the work, like if you actually love all of the, the crappy part of things, the business side, you know, things like that, then it's not really work because yeah. you actually like doing it anyway. Um, so I don't That's know where right. I'm going with that. But. <laughs> no, it's true. It is absolutely true. <laughs> so tell us, uh, tell everybody because we're almost out of time and I want to get your song on. Um, what, how can people find your music? How can people find out more about you and, th- and see things that you have going on in your life? Uh, people can find me at my website, lachimusic.com, L-A-C-H-I music.com or you can at lachi music at l-a-c-h-i-m-u-s-i-c i'm on twitter instagram facebook uh, any everywhere just google lachi um and like you mentioned before i just teamed up with big management they are a pop edm management company and they are just they're international and i'm writing with a bunch of djs working on a bunch of new stuff i'm really excited and i really hope you guys come and check some of this stuff out well, Lachi, you are so talented. You are so inspirational, and I wish you all the best. I cannot wait to hear uh, what you have coming out in the future, and um, maybe we can get you back on it with your next album. Thank you so much for having me, and I would love to come back. All right. All right, guys, we are going to go to a quick commercial break, but before we go anywhere, we have her music coming up right now, so stick around, and we'll be back after this. Asking me a lot of questions like How you gonna do that? They be pressing for confessions I'm like, no I'm be in my grave alone So I be on the phone See, I'm trying to get this paper Make the fruit out of this labor Trying to make this chatter fuel Cause I realize that you ain't gonna get me there Now you ain't gonna get me there So just spare me all the double speak and rubble See you lurk instead of worrying about what feeds you If you was working with
They gonna hate it when you no longer deflate it Cause you risen for your own decision And you know you made it your own They mad cause I can't handle you Be about the business to see the challenge Jason Dowd of Imagination Art Studios is proud to announce the release of his steampunk collection, which is currently on tour across the country. There you will see beautiful handmade masks from Venice, Italy that accentuate beautiful women to create amazing stories and feelings to those who visit the collection. Each photo series has a theme, mask, authentic props, and beautifully elaborate outfits, all collaborated in the mind of Jason Dowd to create the right emotion and feeling. The masks come from a shop at Epcot at the Italian Pavilion, where all these photos are on display for you to see. This is one of the biggest accomplishments of his career having his work at Disney. Come see the beautiful first release of the series, which includes Distressed Dancer, Spanish Serenade, The Pied Piper, and Reaching for the Czars. You can see them in person or online at www.imaginationartstudios.com. For more information, visit the website. Again, it's imaginationartstudios.com. Our Facebook is Imagination Art Studios. Twitter is at Dow Studios. And Instagram is at Jason Dow. Come and be mesmerized by the masks and the stories behind them. Hi, this is Dina Martin, and you're listening to my new album, Swing Street. You can get it at dinamartin.com, Amazon, of course, any place where you can get a digital download. Go on to iTunes, but I know you're going to love it. And thank you for listening to me on the radio. Hi, I'm Andy Allo, and you're listening to the AME Radio Show. All right, guys, we have a very special guest on the line, and you have seen her advice just about anywhere you've ever picked up any any media, from radio, television, newspapers, online blogs. It's there, and she's going to be talking to us about her specialty, which is relationships and dating. And her name is Julia Spira, and we're going to be talking to her about a bunch of different things that will maybe help you out find that special someone. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, great to be here. So, um... When did your advice started start to pick up and get so popular that everybody decides to run towards it like uh, Dear Abby was? I know. I, I think Google is my new best friend. Um, it's very interesting. When I first started dating online, it was, there was a huge stigma. I mean, it was dial-up internet, and it was the 1990s. But I started writing profiles for friends of mine, and the next thing you know, online dating, suddenly everybody's on Match.com, and I was the go-to person who married love and technology, two things I love so much. Oh, that's pretty cool. You know, it, there's so many things that can happen in relationships. They really are unpredictable. Um, when I first got married, I was actually about, it was in 2000, and I had graduated in 97, and everybody kept telling me, you know what, you're just too young, uh, you really should wait a little bit, you know, just 
kind of feel it out. You know, it was the first person I really ever dated too, and I and I said no, I I know that this is the right right thing to do. And people gave me about five to six years, and it'd be and it'd be over. Well, we're going on sixteen this year, and um, they were completely wrong. But then I see people that are out there that are you know they're getting in relationships, they're going out for like five, six, seven years, and they're breaking up six months after they got married. What causes this kind of stuff to happen? You know, Jason, I see this all the time. There's such a big build-up towards sort of, you know, the wedding day, the wedding ring, the honeymoon, and all of that. And most of these relationships, these long-term relationships, they sort of they hit this, you know, turning point. You're at a stop sign. You know, do you go to the right and get married, or do you go to the left and do the relationship run its course? And a lot of times people just get married because they think, well, we've been together for so long, why not? Um, and then it becomes an overrated thing. Suddenly, you know, the toilet seat becomes an issue. I mean, the toilet seat was always an issue, right? Right. Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to be talking a little bit more about cyber dating because obviously that is a new trend that's going around. Everybody wants to find the easy way of dating as opposed to going out and finding them the old-fashioned way. But there are probably a lot of problems that come up with this. So one of the things that I would see right off the bat, and I see it all the time because, you know, I, I get pictures from people that, um, you know, want to be models. And when I meet up with them, it's completely different. And that's because of the fact that they either give me very old photos or they give me such doctored photos that it doesn't look anything like they are in person, which can honestly be a, a, a real a real major kibosh in the first date, I would think. Why do people put up these old photos? Why don't they just put up something that represents who they are now without all the airbrushing and everything else, especially because that's going to be very seen, that's going to be seen very easily upon walking in the door? That is such a great question, Jason. And the problem is, is most people fudge about something on their dating profiles. And for women, they typically lie about their age, and men sometimes lie about their height if they're on the short side. But what's happening is, why are people posting prom photos, right? I mean, it's, that's not what you look like today. And I think a couple of years ago, it was, always going, it was always a disappointment going on, because you're right, you show up on the date and it's like, hey, I don't recognize you, is this your older sister? <laughs> yeah. And... and, and I mean, that's what, ha- that's what happened. I mean, I remember one guy telling me that, you know, all he saw was a headshot of a woman, and but she was very pretty. She had a very kind face, and he went and he met her at the airport. She flew in from out of town, and she was 250 pounds, and he didn't know what to say. And I said, well, did she post a full-length body shot in her profile? Oh, no, she didn't. I said, mm, red flag. You always have to post a photo, what you look like head to toe, so somebody can get a sense. Not everybody wants a skinny mini, but let's not lie by 50 pounds on our photos. That's true. Absolutely. Um, what are some of the things that are obviously, other than just a full body picture, what are some of the things that we should post with photos that help maybe make us a little bit more attractive to somebody else, but still stay realistic? Realistic is a great thing, and, and the photos are everything. People make a snap judgment just on the photos alone, and if they're on a mobile app like Tinder, they swipe right just because they think you're attractive, or they swipe left because they don't want to see the selfie in the mirror. So don't post the selfies in the mirror, but if you happen to love pets and you have a dog, don't make it your primary photo because then we're going to think you sleep in bed with the dog, but make it photo number four or photo number five and remember to caption it and caption it with your puppy's name. And also, if you're going to take a selfie in a mirror, make sure there's nothing uh, incriminating or embarrassing behind you because I've seen so many of those where there's somebody taking you know they're in the, they're in a public uh, bathroom and they're taking a picture of themselves because they have a nice mirror but there's somebody on the pot right behind them I mean it's terrible but it it, <laughs> it, it, it does make for funny for for some very funny conversations oh maybe they're looking for a date too <laughs> <laughs> now. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things we have to worry about, obviously, when we are using online dating sites. But there's also a lot of positives too. I mean, one of, I guess one of the biggest things that I'd be worried about is these people that are actual predators or you know criminals that are looking for 
maybe a victim, uh, or maybe they're just looking to eventually take advantage of somebody, especially like some, there's a lot of guys that will go out there and look for very rich women that are, you know, obviously a little bit more uh, clingy and looking for something, and they're desperate for something, and they take advantage of them. But then also, I've seen some amazing relationships on there that, you know, turn out to be something phenomenal, and it lasts the the test of time. So how do we weed out those type of people so that way we don't get hurt when we do go on our first blind date or something like that off of a dating website? We, we hope that there's truth in advertising. And the good news is there, there was a Pew Research study done last year that, said, that showed that 59% of Americans think that online dating is a great way to meet someone. That's over half of the population. Now, we know that there are some people who get duped or catfished, or maybe they open up their wallets because somebody promises them love and affection and a happily ever after. So until you meet somebody in person, you are nothing but a digital pen pal. So please don't get sucked up and into changing your relationship status with someone that you're just having chats with every night who's telling you how beautiful you are because the next thing you know that could potentially happen is is a medical emergency and I need $5,000. Now, it doesn't happen often, but the most important thing is meet somebody in person and see if you have that offline chemistry and see if they're recognizable. And if any time anybody ever asks you to send money because they missed their bonus check and their aunt's in the hospital or they broke their leg, you're not the bank. So you say, you know what, I'm really sorry you're having a tough time, but you know we've never met. Maybe you can ask a relative. Now, there are a lot of dating websites out there, a lot of dating apps. Uh, you have some as, as uh, you know, Plenty of Fish, but then you also have some as, uh, uh, what is that, That's, uh, can't even remember the name of it right now. It's it's that old guy that has the gray hair. He's always going around uh, touting. Oh, eHarmony. eHarmony. That's e-harmony. it. Um, you know, there are some that are on different levels, but the thing about it is that most of them are paid sites. So, if you're going to spend money on these, which are the maybe the top fives that seem to have the best results for you? I think there there is no best site. Because everybody's looking for something different. There are people that are looking to get married, and then eHarmony is a great spot. It's like a matrimonial site. And there are people that are looking just to have fun because they just ended a long-term relationship, and maybe they should be on Tinder or one of the mobile dating apps that you know are really geared towards casual dating. But when you look at apps that actually um, cost money, they're mostly all free, but they have a premium feature. So Tinder has something called Tinder Plus. And I love that. And what I like about it is that they have this passport feature, which I think is really cool. And let's say you're living in Miami and you're going on a business trip to Chicago. Well, you can start searching in Chicago, like changing your passport. And you can cast a wider net. And so by the time you get to Chicago, your whole day card could be filled up and you could be meeting people every day. So so there's a free version, which I call freemium. And then there's, and then there's the paid version, which is the premium. So if you're on a major site that has a lot of members, like OKCupid, Plenty of Fish, Match.com, eHarmony, OKCupid is primarily free, but Match.com and eHarmony are sites that you pay for. And while you can sign up for free, it's in order to exchange emails back and forth with someone, then you need to pay to play. And you know what? If someone's going to answer 200 questions and they're going to put up a really nice profile and they're going to put up 30 to $50 a month for a dating site, they're, they're pretty serious. Mm-hmm. So that's why a lot of people who are looking for serious relationships tend to focus on the paid sites and now even the paid apps. Um, one of the things that I would have always been curious about, and I see it a lot on Facebook, and I see people always getting sick and tired of it, but and I don't even know if there's an appropriate time for something like this, but what if you're going through and you're talking on a dating site or just email, and you really like somebody, but now they're going to start to ask you for very personal pictures, uh, you know, maybe topless pictures, crotch shots, stuff like that. Sometimes it just comes unsolicited. Is there a safe way to do that? Is there ever a good time to do that, or uh, should you just wait in person? There's no safe way to sex, period. There's no safe way to sex because because even for the sites that, you know, whether it's Snapchat or any of the sites that, you know, that disappear after you send a photo, somebody can take a screenshot of that photo and stick it on their desktop and send it to someone else, and we don't even really know if it's you. So when I get a pic, 
a good dick pic, which I've never gotten. But if I got a dick pic, <laughs> how would I know the person sending it to me? It's really his. Right. True. True that. I, I, it just it is funny because I see a lot of women that say, you know, I really don't want those type of pictures. Please, it's very, un, uh, you know, I'm just looking for, you know, a f- good, good face pic, whatever it may be. And um, it, it is it is un- unfortunate because a lot of it is unsolicited. But it was just a question I had. You know, is there any is there really any a good time to do that or safe way of doing it? But I guess not. No, I don't believe there is because because in the at the end of the day, if you end up sexting somebody. And then you break up, and then somebody sends all of those sex to their buddies or actually does a blog post, and suddenly you can go viral on your sex that you thought were just between the two of you. So I always say, if it's not something that you like your boss, your parents, or your children to see, don't push the send button. Mm-hmm. And I saw one of the questions that you like to talk about is what not to say on your first date. This is going to be fun. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of some crazy things that you can say out there, but what's one of the first things that you should never say to somebody when you first meet them? Uh, When you first meet someone, do you know that the default place that people go to on a first date is, so tell me how many dates have you been on? Or, gee, my, I just uh, broke up with my girlfriend last week. Or, my divorce isn't final yet. My ex has taken me from a, a half, half of my life and half of my fortune. Don't go to the default place and talk about your ex, even if it's something that is just gnawing at you all day long. You've got to go on a date and be fun and light and casual and talk about fun and interesting things that make you unique because you've got one goal and one goal only on the first date. It's a meet and greet. Your only goal is to decide whether you want to go on a second date or not. And if so, make sure you put that date on the calendar before you leave. Um, what are some of the things that you've heard over the over the course of time that people have said, other than just about their exes, that just make you say, what were you thinking? <laughs> Money. Why do people talk about their financial problems? You know, if there's a stock market crash on a given week, why do I, who have never spoken to somebody in my life, want to receive an email from a stranger who's telling me, hey, we're going to have to go Dutch treat because, you know, I just lost, you know, 50 grand on the stock market. Mm, no, not on, it's on the don't talk about list. <laughs> and probably also you don't want to talk about any, any fit, uh, health problems that you have either. That's probably a, a, a instantaneous uh, buzzkill. <laughs> It most certainly is. And the fact is, if somebody has a medical condition, it's a really touchy subject because at all times in our lives, people get sick, and sometimes it's temporary, and sometimes it's something that isn't temporary. It's a permanent condition. And um, while we want to be sympathetic about it, we don't want to be sympathetic to at least the third, fourth, or fifth date. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other things I was going to uh, talk to you about is, is uh, you know, those uh, catchphrases that people come up with. You know, one of the funniest things I've ever heard, and I heard it on a television show, and I, I, it didn't even dawn on me, but it was funny, but I could only see if somebody actually used this pickup line, but he comes up to this girl and he goes, hey, pretty mommy. He goes, are you uh, from Tennessee because you're the only 10 I see? <laughs> I was like, oh my <laughs> God, that is awesome, but yet it's also stupidly cheesy. But, um, you know, what about these pickup yes, lines? Cheesy. I mean, do should people really use them? Or are they just... No, no. Uh, we don't. We don't want. See, women are very picky, and we get bombarded with emails. So, if a guy writes fifty emails, he might get one response because a woman might write ten emails, but she's going to have fifty to one hundred emails in her inbox if she's fairly attractive. Therefore, you really need to stand out and not look like you're cheesy or a spammer. So the most important thing you can do when you initiate an email to someone, male or female, is say hi and use their name if you happen to know their name. Hi, hi, Julie, exclamation mark. Hi, Jason, exclamation mark. And if you say hello and you use their name, then it doesn't look like you're copying and pasting the same message to everybody else on your match list. Good call. <laughs> Good call. I mean, I've, I've always... Sometimes it's just so so funny with some of those pickup lines that I hear, and sometimes I actually heard one that I heard in in uh, Walmart with this guy, and he walked by this girl that was uh, like looking at lingerie, and it came out of complete nowhere. He didn't even know this girl, and it was so vulgar. 
I, I was blushing, and it, I, I grew up in a hardware store, so you know I've heard just about everything, and to make me blush and say, "Oh my God, I can't believe he just said that," really took it to, really took it to me. I mean, I just don't know how people have the guts to try to say that kind of stuff. Well, you know, they throw enough across the wall, and hopefully they'll get a reaction from one of the people that they're flirting with in, in, in a very odd way, right? Very odd way, yes. So um, let's, let's take a look about, your, um, te- it, about texting your ex on Valentine's Day. Obviously, it's, val- it's, uh, it's you know, uh, Valentine's Day coming up here, and that's some of the things that we seem to always get back in that same rut with. Now, obviously, we broke up with somebody for a reason. Maybe it was not mutual, but regardless, is this something that we should always try to that we should try to um, kindle back, or should we just kind of walk away from it? Is it safe to text your ex? It's safe to text your ex, providing that you have moved on and are over it, and and hopefully your ex has moved on and is over it. But if someone hasn't gotten over the relationship, then you're just tugging at their digital heartstrings, and it's not a good thing to do. But that being said, 10% of singles that were polled actually do text an ex on Valentine's Day. So if you find that you're home and you're lonely and you just want to send a cute, flirty text to someone with a smiley face, no hearts, a smiley face to an ex and just say, hi, happy Valentine's Day, hope you're doing great, with a smiley face, it's not as though you're asking for a date for that night or a hookup. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we are just about out of time. Don't go anywhere after I after we get off here. I have another question for you. But I want to thank you for coming on and spending some time with me, giving some great advice. This has been a lot of fun, and I hope people realize what they can do to hopefully make themselves more appealing to the opposite sex. All right, guys, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we got so much more, so don't go anywhere. Do you love horror, the strange and unusual Fantasy creatures or urban legends? Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com. Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are going to be closing it up. I hope you enjoyed our guest today. I know they had a great time talking to you. I hope you learned a lot, and I hope you're inspired to go out there and try some art yourself. I know that, unfortunately, this show was a little bit more sports, and we don't normally do sports, but it was a great weekend for sports, nevertheless, and um, it, sports is entertainment, no matter how you look at it. Uh, they put on a great show for us, and their talents are you know, sometimes above ours, so it's fun to be able to watch people do what they do best, put on a great show, and, and just keep us, keep us entertained. You know, It brings us all together as a family, friends, neighbors, whatever it may be, it does bring us together. And baseball season is going to be starting right around the corner. So unfortunately, we won't see football again until August, but we will be seeing baseball here just short, starting up in uh, the next month or so. So guys, if you want to check us out, check us out anytime at uh, WKLAP every Friday, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's online to WKLAP.com. You can check us out on AMFM247.com and on all of their AMFM stations every Saturday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and right now on iHeart On Demand. Just go check us out at AME Radio Show in the search thing if you're not uh, following us there and you'll be delivered right to us. So, also, before we go, check us out on our website, www.theamemagazine.com. You'll be able to see what the AME experience is, which is our television, radio, and magazine. A lot of information up there, a lot of inspiration. You'll be able to see what we've done. If you missed any of our shows, missed any of our guests, uh, missed any of our adventures, it's all right there in one place, completely free. We never charge. There's no subscriptions. We want you to be inspired. We want you to grow, and we want you to excel in whatever you do. And if we can help you get a lot, get to that point and that plateau in your life, then it's definitely worth having it free. 
And also, if you are an independent musician, we always play independent musician stuff on here. We love independent music. So if you are there, check us out. Send us an email through our website. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the AME Experience and at Dowd Studios for Twitter. So if you're on those platforms, send us a a link to your music there. If we like it, we'll play it. We'll let you know that it's going to be on. All right, guys, that's all we have for you guys this week. Come back next week. we got more great guests, more great shows, more great information for you. Until then, keep those creative juices flowing. We will see you guys back next week. Good night, everybody. Stay safe. That's the end. We're done. Calm down, people. Calm down. Okay? That's it.